0: Buddy, welcome back to another episode of Dadcast. I am your host JP, joined as always by the Tenacious One, Mister Nick Martin. Hello, sir. What's happening? Hello.
1: How much, man? How you doing?
0: I'm good. I like your shirt. Thanks. I like your shirt. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's like, and we didn't even call each other this morning. Amazing.
1: No, it's kind of weird,
0: but <laughs> we're, we're going to roll with it. All Not right. going to change. <laughs> Joining us today on Dadcast, a very, very special guest. One that I'm. I'm more excited than most, and I'm pretty excited on most. But this one, man, oh boy, I think this next hour is going to be absolutely amazing. Joining us is an amazing singer-songwriter. The guy's been in movies and TV, and he's a radio guy, which uh, I'd like to talk to him about that later on in the show, because I am a radio guy through and through. And of course, most importantly, we cannot forget the man, of course, is, and most importantly, a dad welcome to the show marty ray how are you bud and i'm doing great i was about to say you sound like a radio guy <laughs> well you know if, and everyone says face for radio so that's what we do yeah. right on me too <laughs> i got I'm, i got more of a body for radio <laughs> well ditto i could stand up too you know it's this oh i've been working on this belly since uh well since my son was born you know i gained the uh, sympathy weight with the lady she lost it and i kept it
2: yeah, I'm cute in the face and big in the waist. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> Should yeah. tattoo that on your forearm, uh, Marty. Yeah. So let me give you a, just a little, a little, little glimpse into what we're gonna do here. Of course, the premise of the show, Dadcast, is we like to talk all things dad and your path and your journey. Um, personally with you as being a father but i do have to let you know as i let every guest know that comes on the show we tend to go off the rails not by 10 to every single episode we seem to go off the rails a little bit which is fine so if we don't do all dad for an entire hour we will dive into who marty ray is and your music and anything and everything that pops up so just want to let you know that right up front well if it's not all dad i'm out (laughs) well then nick we got to make it all dad man no we're grown old,
1: dad that's right
0: definitely all right no, so to I, start it off marty yeah how many kids do you have i have two girls wow and how old are they
2: 15
0: and and 13 they're about to be 14 and 16 oh you poor bastard i know how you feel right now <laughs> how's <laughs> how's that are, are they uh are they starting to turn on you i got a 16 year old and oh, <laughs> it's difficult at times right nick Oh yeah!
1: Oh my gosh! It's yeah, it's unreal. They're your best friend till they hit about sixteen, and then all of a sudden you're the enemy, and that's there's crazy. No, there's no winning.
2: I hear that all the time, but my girls haven't done that yet, and I uh, thank God for that because it wouldn't it wouldn't go
0: well for them or me if that happened. <laughs> well, I that's that's good, that. that's good to know. If out. And, and they turned off Yeah. And don't get me wrong. And by turning, I mean, just that the typical teenage stuff, you know, where all of a sudden it just seems like overnight she knows everything. And dad, you've never experienced anything. You've never lived life. There's no possible way in heck that you could ever know the things that I know type mentality and attitude and navigating through that's been a little difficult at times. I think that, uh, I think that does happen a
2: lot. I just, I think I'm just blessed and that that has not happened to me. My, my children, I heard also, I hear that when they get to a certain age, they get to teenage years, they don't want to hang out with you anymore. And you're not cool anymore. And my daughters, they both think I'm cool and they like enjoy hanging out with me still. So I'm just blessed in that man. Been God's been good to me, I guess. Cause I ain't, I'm not a genius or some awesome dad that knows how to raise girls any better than anybody else. It's just a matter of, a blessing, you know what I mean? Because they still want to hang out with me. And I'm thankful for that. Well, you are a pretty awesome. cool dad, right? I mean, come on, you're Marty Ray, musician. <laughs> I don't think they care about that, but I think it's just because I don't know. I think I think it's just because I spend I, if I'm watching a movie, then I'd rather watch it with them, you know, at this in this day and age. And if it's not a movie that I wouldn't watch with them, then I just don't usually watch it or anything I do. Like we play, if I play a game, then I'm trying to find a game we can all play together or something like that. So I don't know. I'm really trying to hold on to those those years of us being spending time together, you know, before they uh I guess spread their wings
0: and leave the leave the coop. Leave the nest, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. oof. That's a difficult one to think about because thankfully I still have a couple you know, 16-year-old, she's almost 17, and I got a 10-year-old son and a seven, almost eight-year-old baby girl. So I still got a few years before that comes around, which I'm very blessed. And uh, Nick, of course, um, if you didn't know, he's got, what, is it 337 kids now, Nick? Well, that was the last count. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like that movie like
1: that
0: movie Delivery
2: Man with Vince. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They wrote that about him.
0: <laughs> um, He's screaming at somebody now. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Get my, my food in here. My dog. I got. I got a little wiener dog, a spotted wiener who likes to uh, run away. And they I let, you they left the door spaghetti. open. <laughs> oh, spaghetti, ma! Spaghetti, oh. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Come on, mom! <laughs>
2: I love that. I love that part of that movie. He's like, you want spaghetti? Oh, okay. oh it's, it's cool. Ma! <laughs>
0: Spaghetti.
2: <laughs> I would have been like, of course I want spaghetti.
0: <laughs> I, couldn't yeah. I turned it down. How was? Uh, I mean, in your you've been doing music. I, I did the deep dive on uh, at least. You know, did you know you don't have a Wikipedia page? That's very diverse, for the record. It, I don't have a. You said I don't have a Wiki, Wikipedia page that's very diverse. Di- well, not diverse. It's it's. There's not much there to it. I didn't you know? know, I had a Wikipedia page at all. That's exactly so. It, Wikipedia. Anyone can put whatever they want in there. Um. So, but that's like my first go-to when I do uh, research uh, on guests. Yeah. And there wasn't much there, but what I did learn about Marty Ray is that you have been doing this music thing for a very long time since you're a young guy. Um. When did you? first start seeing success if that's what you want to call it
2: well i came out of the womb singing <laughs> and i'll try to i'll try to sum this up as quickly as possible oh no take your but, time man uh, always thought i was always thought i could sing and i would be uh it's crazy y'all took a drink at the same time <laughs> that was nuts y'all was like is like y'all, y'all like robots <laughs> anyway or y'all went to grab for the drink at the same time but anyway uh, i was a uh, I i grew up singing mimicking other artists. So I would mimic the people I heard pretty good. I thought, I thought I could mimic them pretty well. And, uh, I grew up listening to gospel music, a lot of gospel music, like, uh, Mahalia Jackson and Shirley Caesar and people like that. Cause that's kind of church we went to, went to a, a very, uh, it was a very blended church and, but the music and the style I grew up, uh, Pentecostal. So, we grew up uh, in a in a style of a black church. I don't know if that's accepted to say now or not, but that's what it was anyway. We we grew up in a style where you know you get down, you shout and dance, and and the singing was amazing. The choirs were amazing, and they still are. But uh, so I grew up, trying, you know, singing that style of music and just mimicking the artists that I would hear. And I had family members that were uh, singers and players and things like that. And I always wanted to do that, but. My dad has always been a man that worked with his hands, so he was a realist. He didn't believe in uh, dreams, really ever making you money, you know. So it was, it was. That's fine. You, you're you're okay at doing that, but that's a hobby. You'll never make money doing that. You know, that's not not something you can do for a living. And my mom was always the same kind of way. She she thought I could sing but she never thought that it was something you should pursue because there was no money in it and it was too hard. It was a a one in a million shot or one in a billion or whatever the number is that they had at the time. And uh, so for years I was just taught and and on top of all that in my city that I grew up in, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and I was raised in Arkansas across the bridge and where I grew up, they there wasn't, they didn't cultivate people. Children into saying, follow your dreams. They weren't cultivating dreamers unless you were an academic genius or an athlete. That was the only time you were ever taught to dream beyond your city limits. So, other than that, you were taught to dream within your city limits. And there was a steel mill there, and everybody was kind of being groomed to work, get a job at this steel mill. And this steel mill is a great place to work. I'm not saying it's not that people make, uh, there's people there making more money than I make now, you know, so there's nothing wrong with working there. But it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I just worked for my dad at the time and thought, well, this is what I'll do. Cause my dad always had his own business. He had a towing service and an auto body and mechanic shop, gas station, everything you can think of that involved cars. He had it at that time. That's how he kind of made his money. So I just got involved with that and that's what my life was. I, I just thought, well, I can, I can sing, but to me, I think I can sing, but, uh, it'll never, it'll never turn into anything. And then, uh, I used to go with my, my, my family that would sing. We used to go to the church and, and jam as we would call it. And I used to love hearing them sing. still do hearing them sing and play. And they, one, one time we were up there and, and one of them said, you know, they never were very supportive. And one of them told me that I wasn't called, I wasn't meant to be a singer and, and, uh, that I, that I needed to learn an instrument if I was going to, play music or get into music and I just it really you know bothered me even though I acted like it didn't I just told them. I said you don't know what you're talking about you you don't freaking know but in but inside I thought they probably do know you know so then I just left there thinking I'm one of these people that that hears their self and thinks they sound good but they really don't you know so for years that kind of kept me from ever thinking I can pursue music as a as a viable income or as a career. Yeah. So it was years later before it was actually when I got it in 2005, I believe it was. I got an Apple MacBook and it had GarageBand on it. Yeah. And when I when I saw that GarageBand, I clicked on it, started messing around with that, figured out I could I could record myself, and I thought, man, wow, this I don't even have to go to a studio, even though I knew nothing about recording at the time. I just was recording directly into the uh, the computer microphone. And at that time I thought, well, this, this does sound like what I hear when I'm mimicking these people, but I had never really heard my own voice. It was always somebody else. So even, even in that moment, I thought I had a glimpse of hope thinking, well, maybe I can go after this dream. Maybe it is. But then I thought, well, I sound, I'm, I'm mimicking this person. And I'm that, that person already exists. So there's no there's no market for me because it wasn't like it is now where everybody kind of sounds alike. Yeah. Back then everybody had was very unique and had their own voice and you didn't see people come out that sounded like other people too often that actually made a made a a name for themselves. So at that time even with that glimmer of hope I thought, well, I don't have I'm just able to mimic cuz I used to draw too. I used to draw and I could draw and I could still I could draw anything as long as I can look at it and see where somebody else drew it, I can draw exactly what they drew, but I could never pull it out of my mind and it'd be my own creation. So I thought, well, that's, that's because I got accepted into like Dallas art school and places like this. And, and they wanted me to come because they saw my artwork, but my artwork was always me, me drawing other people, other people's inspiration. So I just said, well, there's, there's no career there. There's nothing to do with that. I, I can't make money doing that. So it was kind of the same way with music until like I said, I got that MacBook and I wanted to go record some music. And my cousin and I went to the church and I said, play anything. I just want to, he had a, he had a condenser mic and I said, play anything out of the hymn book. I want to, I want to sing to it and see what happens. I'd never heard the song that he played. So I had to pull from the heart and it was a great speckled bird. And he started playing it and he said, how you may play it. I said, however you play it, I'm just going to try to sing to what you're playing. And I had the hymn book open and he was playing. And I just, I was sitting there and I had my eyes closed and I said, what a beautiful thought I've been thinking concerning a great speckled bird. And then when I did that, I just got chills, man, because I was like, man, this ain't nobody else here. And it was like, God was saying, here's your voice. Here's your voice finally. And I want you to take it. And I want you to do something with it. And so I said, all right, I'm going to see. If you want me to do this for a living, this is what you called me to do. I'll make videos, and I'll put them out there, and you honor the effort. And if fruit comes, and I'll keep doing it. And that's where I live This even to this day. I'm living on the fruit that God brings to my music. Well, Marty, that's
0: that that doing. fruit has uh, – that the tree that that fruit's growing on is uh, turned into an orchard, man. So congratulations on that. Yeah. That is well done. Now, that – led me into so 2005 you got that macbook the kids weren't born yet they came just after that right give or take my first
2: i think my first child was born i think uh she had just been born Haley, my first because she was born in 2005 in july i don't i'm horrible at time frames to be honest with you my mind is the worst at saying well here's the date and here's the time and this is Like I'm not, I'm not very good with that, but I believe she was a baby, a newborn baby at that time. So she just came after, at least my wife was pregnant
0: one or the other. So all these amazing things in your life, you become a father, you are, you're called upon to do this music thing and it finally reaches out. What an amazing time in your life. That's, that's, Well, it uh, it was a very stressful
2: time to be honest with you because think about, think about, uh, like we weren't planning on having children either time we had children. Yeah. So I told both of my children, you were meant to be here by God. I promise you that because we weren't trying matter of fact, we were trying not to, and you were, and you came anyway. So you were <laughs> meant to be here. God's got a big purpose for you. And, uh, I know one of them was to help me, right? That's one of the big purposes to help me not be such an idiot in this world. But, uh, cause that really, when I had children that calmed me down a whole lot and, and changed my life. But, Imagine, imagine never, never really being a dreamer because you were taught not to be. And then all of a sudden God shows you something and says, go after it. And you have no clue how, nothing, what to do. And so then you, now you're trying to work a job Well, I was working for my father, but I was working for my dad, but work a job and still try to say, well, I told, told the Lord I was going to do this. I was going to put these videos out. And then doing that along with knowing that I, I really can't go full force into music because there's no money there yet. So I, cause I got, I got a child now, so I got to raise a, a little girl. So it's a, it wasn't like uh, all happy for me. It was like, man, like there was times I would be in the bathroom, just, just weeping thinking, man, what am I going to do? Like this is uh cause I wasn't even happy with the income. That's why we weren't trying to have children yet because, you you always think well when I get this much money this much income, then I'll start having children because I'll be able to give them anything they want. I want to spoil my my children, you know. And I wasn't able to do that for a long time, you know. And now now they're pretty spoiled, thank God.
0: Yeah, I so think, I think that more likely than not for most people, that's kind of how it goes. You know, we in my case we weren't trying, we weren't not trying, but it, it just. You know, it happened and you, you know, you, you take what you get that that's the hand we've been dealt time to go to work, you know, time to do this thing. Right. Um, you brought up the fact that when you were raised, your, uh, your father, not, not the dreaming class, as you put it, where you grew up, have you changed that philosophy for your children?
2: Oh, hundred percent. Good. Yeah. I yeah. broke that curse. I think that's a, not just my town. I think that's a, that's a lot of. That's a lot of people growing up. You, you you don't really grow up. There's not too many families where you grow up in in even in America, the land of opportunity. You grow up. There's not too many too many families that you grow up in. The parents are saying, whatever your dream is, go after that. You know you're taught because when you're a child, you're taught you can believe you you can you believe you can do anything. You could be a superhero, a fireman, a a singer. You can you can run a start your own studio. You're gonna win a Grammy. You believe all these things, and then you're slowly trained and taught to not believe in your dreams. Well, now it's time to get serious. Like when you start getting into high school, then they start saying, "Well, now you you start getting serious. Figure out what you want to do in college." And then when you get in college, you still don't know what you want to do. So then you're just saying, "Well, I guess I'll." just get a business degree. I don't, maybe that's what I'll do. And then, so that's what most people default to when they go to college, they don't really know that what they want to do. So then they default usually to business. I'm not saying everybody that gets a business degree didn't actually want to get a business degree. I have a a business (laughs) degree (laughs) and uh, I've never used it a day in my life, you know? And, uh, I have, I don't have a four-year degree. I have associates, but it's, uh, it's to me, to me, if there's no reason to go to college, unless you know what you're going to college for. Yeah. So I, I definitely have not taught my girls, Hey, college or nothing. I, I, t- I have taught them since they were children, whatever dream is in here, go after that dream. I said, and I even, I even force them sometimes. Like my, I got a daughter, my oldest daughter has written, she started writing two books and she's uh, almost finished with one of them. And, and she'll, she'll slack off sometimes. And I say, don't slack off on your talent. Now on the dream you had, you're not burying that, that talent. I won't allow you to bury it as long as you're in my house. And I said, because what will happen is when you don't bury that talent, it starts to multiply. That's how acting came about for me. That's how speaking came about. That's how all these other things came about because I didn't bury the one talent that I knew I had from birth. So I teach them that I say, I promise you that it's not only the academia superstars that that uh succeed in this world, matter of fact, a lot of times the biggest people, the biggest names are the ones that didn't even go to college or they dropped out. So I said, Don't think that you have to go to college to
0: become successful in this world because you don't. Yeah, you're, you're I, right, <laughs> you're right yeah, on I, about that. And of course, I'm not one to preach if you're going to go to college, go to college. I'm not telling anyone out there, any kids listening, to not go to college. But and Nick, I'm sorry, I let you in just, just one sec. Um. <laughs> right i know um same thing with me i started i did like a couple years you know community college here and there and i bounced back between many different jobs until i found radio when i moved to oregon and i can't tell you how many people who i've met in the industry while i was in the industry who didn't ever go to college some did but most of the people who i spoke to who wanted to get into you know mainstream terrestrial radio they Asked me, what do I need to do? Do I need to go to school? Do I need to go to college? And I I, you know, I told my best advice. It says, you know, a lot of this, college isn't going to do squat for you in the radio business. It needs to be in you already. You, you need to have the personality, not afraid to talk. A good voice is going to help. And you can't teach that. You just got to get behind this mic and see what happens. So you're right, man. You know, college is not necessary, especially if you got it in you. Nick, sorry, man. You got the yeah. conch.
1: So yeah, kind of the same thing with that uh, you're doing, Marty. I, I teach my kids, if you have something you want, go after it. My daughter's a singer, and she just got to the point where she's actually leading worship at church now, and her church just let her write a song. They're going to produce her single. Nice. Um, we've gotten to meet Andy Grammer a few times. He's become a pretty good friend. So when anytime he's in town, he has her come out and talks to her about music and what kind of what she's doing, how she's doing it. So she does a bunch of cover songs and throws them up on YouTube and stuff, and I'm like, check out Marty Ray Project. <laughs> you gotta see what he, uh, what that guy's doing. And so she's, she loves your stuff, and I've been a big fan for a long time. So she's like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just, just go for it. And
2: for real, so, that's amazing, yeah. dude. I love to hear that. That, that's the stories that I love to hear because I mean it's true. If a, if a guy like me can do it, anybody can. And I know people say that a lot, but I'll tell you, man, I'm not, I, I'm not the person that people think I am. People think I've I have just blood sweated and teared all this up and I really have not worked. I haven't paid my dues like other people. You know what I, what I would think paying your dues is your stories about these people that paid their dues, playing in bars and doing all this stuff for years. They, they've been there. They still don't, they still don't have the following that I have. And people ask me, how did you do it? And while I've been doing this for a long time now, the success came rather quickly. It wasn't, it wasn't overnight, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a slave driving thing that I was just like, Oh man, I'm so tired of this. That didn't come until after I already had some success, you know? So I'm telling, I tell everybody, I said, listen, I promise you that if you put God first, if you, if you, if you let Jesus lead the way, then I promise you, he's going to bring fruit to your effort. He's, he honors your effort. That's all only tricks I have. So the fact that she's doing that now, I, I promise he's going to bring some fruit, like already with Andy Grammer, right? That's a yeah, yeah. that's so like proverb. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I say my life is literally Proverbs eighteen sixteen, which is what she's experiencing now, right? Mm-hmm. Already at a young age. So Proverbs eighteen sixteen says, a man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. That's all I'm doing. Like I ain't done nothing besides just use a gift. Finally, after years, use a gift that that God gave me, and He brain opens these doors and brings these great men before me, or brings me before these great men. So I love mm-hmm. hearing that. That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe someday her and I'll do something together. Uh,
1: oh my gosh, she'd be so stoked on that.
2: Yeah. Uh, so what was the first big single
1: you had? Like, because I know I found you with Ice Ice Baby. That's kind of the first. That's the
2: first one I saw, and I'm like, huh? Was there
1: was there anything before that that catapulted you to where you're at.
2: There the first viral video I had was um a song a parody I did called All About That Beard. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: have y'all seen that?
1: I have well, not seen that one.
0: It's, it's fun. I'm, I'm assuming it. it's a uh, Megan Trainor cover, right? Exactly what it is. And, yeah. Well, no, it's and not that's cover. Funny. it's not a It's well, a yeah. parody. Yeah, a parody I song.
2: Yeah. But uh we that was me trying to learn how to cuz I said if I'm going to do this, Cause I was making other videos and they weren't really that bad, be- that good as far as the quality of what it looked like and things like that. And I wanted to start making music videos, actual music videos for my songs. And I said, well, if I'm going to start doing it, I got to learn cause I don't have the money to pay a bunch of people to do a bunch of things. So I'm going to learn. And that was the first video where I rented a, a semi-professional camera and a lens and learned how to kind of use final cut and things like that. And I rented that camera and did that video? Didn't think because I wrote that song. We were driving down the road. A, a buddy of mine, who I was actually recording my second album with at the time, was uh, we were riding down the road, and uh, you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. And he goes, I said, man, I really like that song. I said, I like how they, how they they let a song, a, a woman and a song come out. That was she's bigger, you know, she's she's a little thicker than the the status quo in the music industry in Hollywood. And they let her, they, they actually allowed her a platform to, to make it and she made it. And that was a big thing. And I was telling him, I said, I, cause you know, I'm thick he goes, yeah, you're actually fat and bearded. I said, yeah, (laughs) I sure am. I said, I'm going to actually write a song about it. I'm going to, I'm going to write that. I'm going to write this as a parody. And uh, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) So that was my first uh, video that I ever like directed and, and edited and everything, and I just thought, well, this is just a learning process, and I put it up there, and within a day, it had, like, 2 million views on my – and I was only on my – at that time, way back then, I was just on my personal Facebook uh, Mm -hmm. profile. I didn't even use my page or YouTube or nothing, really. So it went viral on that, just like the Ice Ice Baby did later. Everything Mm -hmm. was going viral from my personal profile at first.
0: That's great. So that was the first one. Yeah, that song. Well, not the beard, the original, uh, was my youngest daughter's I I think her first favorite song. Cause even before she could even walk, she was, you know, doing that bounce to that song. <laughs> and then when she got older and walked, she would yeah, she she grew out of it. She likes different music now, but that was the first song that just it filled me with so much joy for months. Cause every time you put that thing on, she'd just perk right up and start doing her little toddler dance and yeah that's great stuff man and my daughter my youngest daughter is in that video she is and well that was so this was sick I just looked at the YouTube version of it uh that you posted and it was posted six years ago. Is it a little older than that? Yeah it's older than that because yeah.
2: like I said, I didn't start posting on YouTube. Didn't even have a YouTube channel uh when I first started going viral on Facebook and I didn't even have a, a Facebook page at the time. It was like I said it was just yeah. a Personal profile because I didn't know, I didn't really know. I, the most I'd ever had was thirty thousand views. I, I posted a video of a song. I think it was that great speckled bird, and it got like thirty thousand views. And I thought, man, I'm famous now. I'm I can go and quit my job, you
0: know? <laughs> right? But, well, you got six hundred thousand subs on YouTube, man. You're probably yeah. <laughs> doing all right just on that revenue stream by itself.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it gets harder for music out there. It gets harder and harder on YouTube and everywhere for music with the because they're always renegotiating deals, and because you know a lot of that revenue comes from covers, so I have to split that. Right, and the split keeps getting uh, more less and less in my favor. You know, even though I'm even though I'm recreating, like for instance, on Ice Ice Baby, you see, I got to pay David Bowie and Queen. When I'm not even using their music, yep, I'm yep. not using that. That's all they got paid for was the music, and I, I should only have to pay Vanilla Ice because all I'm using is his lyrics. I'm not even using their arrangement, nothing even close to their their music for Under Pressure, you know. But I'm still paying them on that song. See, which is so weird to me. That's the weirdest thing. But that's the way that that's the nature of the beast in music. Yeah, you so it's not yeah, it's, yeah. it's not as lavish as people think, uh, but it's a blessing.
1: Nick, so I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. Do you have any good uh, Rob Van Winkle stories? <laughs> I actually finished, <laughs> I actually did a concert. I, I'm a concert promoter, too. So about uh, early 2000s, he actually came to Ashland and played a show in Ashland, Oregon. We got to hang out for a couple of days and, and ended up becoming pretty good friends with his manager, Tommy. And he's just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So I was wondering if you had any cool stories with him.
2: Well, he's actually, he's, he's a wonderful human being. I really like him a lot. We've become friends. I wouldn't say, you know, very, I wouldn't say we're like best friends, but we've definitely become friends, and we text throughout. Matter of fact, I was supposed to be in Palm Beach uh, last week, but the guy that booked me just went MIA. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, So, I, but I, and I told Rob, I said, I said, I'm going to be in Palm beach and, uh, we need to get lobster rolls. And he goes, definitely. Oh, I love lobster rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? That's a, that's a beautiful moment. That's almost like a SpongeBob moment where it just cuts to another frame. And, oh, lobster rolls. <laughs> There's our clip JP. <laughs> yeah, That's how you start the whole show right there. Oh, I love lobster rolls.
0: <laughs> we got a I restaurant here called the wharf. Free plug. And, uh, they make the best damn lobster roll I've ever had. It's really it, to go check that dude, out. Dude, it's a sourdough and it's stuff. Oh, it's lunchtime over here. So lobster rolls. Some, okay. Not
2: lobster rolls. I really don't like lobster rolls for the most part, because the ones I've tried anyway. But Rob says that he's he's got a place down there that is are wonderful, like you have, right? Mm-hmm. Places that I've tried them were not known for lobster rolls. So it was like, I said, you know, I'll try that lobster roll. And it's always very bland. There's not a whole lot to it. So the ones I've had. So I'm hoping that when I eventually do eat these ones with Rob, that they'll be actually good. Cause I'll tell him if they're not, I'll say, these actually are just as bad as the other ones. I don't <laughs> like them. Uh, Cause you know, he's a, years ago, he told me, because he was on my podcast. I don't know if you knew if I had a podcast or not, the Marty Ray Project chats. He was on my podcast. He was one of the first guests when I restarted it, because I, I was actually podcasting years and years ago in like 2007 or something. It was a long time ago before everybody else was. I was I, I knew I said, here's the wave of the future. I wasn't going to be able to get into radio. You said I'm a radio man. I'm really not a radio man. I've always been a podcaster because I knew I couldn't get into radio. But I did call my first podcast Mim Nash Radio. Because right. Yeah, that's what I looked I up. To, yeah, I always wanted to be a radio guy, like you, you lived my dream. Right. And, uh, we've had radio guys on our show, this, this show here. And I told him, I said, y'all, what's it like living my dream? You know, how's it feel? Well, nightmares are are dreams too, Marty. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And then they tell me some of them, then they start telling me how much they make some of them and I go, Oh yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that.
0: Yeah. Unless you are, you know, getting, you know, Howard Stern money, which there's only one guy in the world who's getting Howard Stern money You can eke a living. I mean, like I said, I got a family and three kids and we're doing okay. You know, it's, it's, Oh,
2: are you still in radio?
0: Yeah. Oh, you still do. I still do do it among many, a great many other things. But I recently about beginning of COVID. So January, 2020 before the proverbial shit hit the fan, so to speak, uh, pardon my French. There's the one customer we get per episode, Nick, uh, I uh, I was actually let go from the job. I, I was a program director for a classic rock station here in uh, Medford, Oregon uh, for about six years. And 14 years prior to that, I was another rock station here. But the two years leading up to that letting go, I was trying to gather the strength and courage to leave myself. So it was a blessing in disguise. It was kind of kick because corporate radio, I don't know if you know it, you know, depending on where you're at and what corporation you work for, there's so many, it's just so conflicting. I, I knew what was right, but they weren't allowing me to do what I thought was best for said station. Uh, I was hired to do a job to program this radio station, but you weren't letting me program it because everything I decided to do, if you disagreed with, it just wouldn't happen. You know, it's just politics in radio. So I finally got out and I started my own damn radio station uh, Pirate Radio. We're streaming. So that's what I do. And I have no bosses. I can have a 4,000 song set list or I can have a 200 song set list. It's all up to me. And I still get to do the thing that I love. It still makes money. And all that money goes right to me. <laughs> I don't got to pay everyone else and this and that, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I still do radio in that form or fashion. Now it's not, you can't turn it on on your AM, FM, but the way of the world now is on this thing anyway. You know, that's you want to and uh, that's what a lot of terrestrial radio just a lot of them get that, but they're not implementing the fact and not pushing the, the changes that that this industry is going through. So, you know, I sorry to get well, all winded on that story. How but long, How long before you think terrestrial radio is non-existent? Oh, terrestrial will never die, in my opinion. It'll always be a thing, um, you know, but I, I like to turn it into I've had arguments i've had arguments with a buddy
2: of mine who's a songwriter very very prolific songwriter he's actually a co-host we've had arguments i think it will eventually just be no more i don't because I, like you start looking at cars like the tesla the new teslas that are coming out there's no a- AM/FM anymore on there even in the cars so i think eventually at some point i don't know when but
0: eventually it'll happen there uh check check this out marty you ready so yeah. I'm just going to turn this real quick if, if see if it works something awesome. <laughs> well, I'm just going to show the front end. There, you see that? <laughs> is that your car? That's my car. You have AM/FM in that car? That is a Tesla, and there is AM/FM radio in my Tesla.
2: Right. I know they're, they're right now, but uh, I saw I read something somewhere that the new ones that they were coming out with
0: weren't. You're not. They, yeah, you're not far off on that. That it's. Now then, this is Tesla we're talking about. So they're 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 ahead of the game, way ahead of the game. Um, but as far as it dying, are they ahead? Are they way ahead though? Well, they were five years ago. Now everyone else is starting to creep yeah, no, a little bit closer. They're way ahead now. Um, yeah, well they were though. But as far as just the radio itself and AMFM, I, I it would be naive for me to say that no, it will never die. Look at look at print newspaper. It's it's not dead, but it's it's sitting there. It's 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 hooked up it's, to the machines and the family's holding their hand. It is it not is not a lot of people that get jobs at newspapers anymore. Right. So I mean yeah. I, I just don't think it'll ever fully die die per se, where it just does not exist anymore. But it's definitely along the path of getting very, very frail and old and streaming but streaming radio i mean come on look everywhere i mean it's, it's spotify pandora everywhere you go whatever you want to listen to now bam i push a button in that car and i say i want to hear ice ice baby by marty ray project in two seconds it's playing that song and then it plays 10 more songs that it classifies in that genre so right, it's it's a it's a it's a, program
1: director.
0: It's a satisf- satisfaction right now world we live in, and anyway, I I jumped on board with my uh, pirate radio. It's which I would love to have some of your music if you have some originals to play on there. By the way, wink wink, nudge nudge. We'll put that in rotation. Have, you clearly didn't do much research. I three. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> you got some. I just need some albums released through the years. Um, but it's. And and, and you're a perfect fit. It's we call it tunes for living the dream. It's basically the music you're listening to in a tiki bar in South Florida or the Caribbean or you know Saint Martin. Well, my music's all over
2: the all over the map. So you you would just have to cherry pick. My music spans. That's why I like. That's the beauty of about not signing a record deal, is that my music spans from country to rock to reggae to you know gospel like there's all kinds of stuff on every album i release especially the last album mixed emotions album there was just a modge podge of some of those songs that won awards not grammys or things like that but they've won awards smaller awards so they just don't get the attention that they sh- that i feel like they should get because one of the reasons is because i don't really push them like i should i don't push my originals there's there's it's hard to push for me it's hard to push my originals everybody else always pushes their own music and with me, I'm, I'm always trying to use the, the cover as the vehicle to get people, because i cause just saying I'm going to trust people to listen to this cover and like it enough to then go say, I wonder if he has original music and go Marty Ray Project anywhere and then see, because I don't release covers in any way other than just on a video on YouTube or Facebook or something. So then when they tie, except for Ice Ice Baby, that, the only reason that one got released was because I became friends with Vanilla Ice, and we were actually supposed to do that together. He was supposed to do the second part with me, and um, he's such a busy dude that the album was, he he kept saying he was, he was he was yeah I'm gonna get it done I'm gonna get it done we well, let's do it and then eventually I was just ready to re- release the album so I said I'll just do the second part myself and I did I re- kind of rewrote rewrote the rap part to uh, pertain to Memphis more blues in Memphis and right that's how the song lives right now. But anyway, yeah. So, but he did ask about a story about Vanilla Ice. I don't know if y'all know, but I, I actually went and performed with Vanilla Ice. That and I did know, uh,
0: huh? So that I did know. But
2: tell him that story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So <laughs> after that song came out, and it just went bananas. It was everybody was taking that video that I posted, and that that song, that video alone helped build a lot of Facebook pages in likes because of uh, they were taking that video and posting it small pages. And some of these pages were already big, like Bam Margera posted it on his page and he had millions of people that, but it, it had already went viral on my page. And then uh, world star hip hop actually posted it on their website and on their page. And it was just a, a lot of people for, for many, actually many years were just posting that video every now and then. Cause it was almost like a, so strange. It was like this guaranteed viral video. It, when you would post that video, it was such a unexpected thing that it was, it would always go viral on Facebook, not YouTube, but always on Facebook. It would just go viral. You, you would get, you were guaranteed about a million views. So people were, were still that video and posting it. And as long as they tag my page, I didn't mind it. I was like, as long as they tag my page, the people will hopefully come to my page. Right, but uh, anyway, so after after all that, I had all these people messaging me saying that they were friends or best friends or whatever with with uh, Vanilla Ice, and I said, okay. They said, give me your number, and I will, uh, I'll have him reach out to you. And I thought that's probably not true, but I don't, I run a record service for my dad. They can get my number anyway, so I just gave my number to all these people. I didn't care, and it's still the same number. Believe it or not, it's still the same number, and uh, I gave my number to all these people and it, it just so happens that one of them was actually telling the truth and <laughs> it was about 2 months after that song released and i get a phone call and i answered it just like any other phone call and i said glenn ray's towing cuz that's my dad's company i said glenn ray's towing and the, and the, it was rob i didn't know his name at the i didn't even know his name was rob i just knew <laughs> it was vanilla ice <laughs> right and he goes he goes marty ray what's up this is rob and i said how you doing man how can i help you <laughs> Like that, you know, and he was like, "What's up? it's, it's Rob? It's Rob, Rob Van Winkle." And I go, "Right on, brother." He goes, "I love what you did with that uh, ice ice baby." And I was like, "I appreciate that, man. Thanks so much. How can I help you?" you
0: know? <laughs> right. I'm still,
2: you. I'm still like thinking. I got your car, or, dude. Did I tow your car? Because <laughs> I was running a towing service for my dad in West Memphis, and he, I was thinking, I, got this guy's car, something somehow. He found out that I did a cover of that song and then he goes, uh, He goes, it's the vanilla ice. And I said, Okay. I said, You know, like anybody would. And you're thinking that because I got a lot of prankster buddies, you know, and I'm a prankster myself. So I'm thinking, Okay. But it did have, once he said that, it he, you kind of, he kind of had this, uh, even though I don't know if I've ever heard him speak without singing or rapping. But it, when he, when he said that, it kind of made me think, that actually could be him that could right. be the guy who sings who raps ninja rap and 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 raps Ice Ice baby so then I said I said well you know what he said we want you to come out to uh to Miami and do this and and, and sing with me on this I love the 90s tour and I said well send me an email and as soon as I get the email we're there we're I'll, I'll be there in a heartbeat and he I actually got the email from tommy got the email and we went we were there And that's kind of how that, and then we, we went and I met him. He was, he was very gracious and very nice. And then went from there, didn't talk to him for a long time. And then, uh, texted him out of the blue about the, the song. Like we started texting back and forth about doing the song. And then once, once I decided just to release the album, I thought, well, I'm just going to release it. So then I tried, then I was texting him back and forth to get rights to be able to release it. So ended up getting the rights and. But as far as a crazy story, I don't have any crazy stories other than other than maybe one. That there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened on. I brought Rob into. You ever heard of the club? The, the app Clubhouse.
0: Hmm.
2: Y'all never heard of Clubhouse? No. Nope. Hmm. Is it an app? You said it's a new app. It was for a, for a while. It was taking the world by storm. It's a, it's a, essentially a rat an, an app that where it's just it's just audio. Like you're just sitting there talking, and you get in these rooms. And you hear these people. It's like a conference. It's like a massive world conference. And you get in any room that you want, and then there's a stage. There's an audience, and then there's a stage. Whoever's on the stage is actually able to speak. And then there's moderators of the room. Whatever the the case is, that's kind of the the gist of it. It's only audio, though. And so Rob, I told Rob, I said, there's this app that is blowing up. You need to get on this app. And he he signed up. And then uh, I said, let's do a room where I say, you know, I'm going to do a room where it's welcome vanilla ice to clubhouse room, which is a bunch of that's the rooms they were doing with the, all these big MC hammers on there. Like you can be in a room with with the, the craziest people. Like the, the, I was in a room one time with uh, uh, the creator of Netflix. We were just on the same stage and I was just asking questions to the guy, you know. But anyway, so I did this room. There was about 3,000 people in there. And one of the people that came in the room was y- y'all watch Shark Tank
0: yep yeah.
2: yeah so the you know who Barbara is uh-huh. yeah. I don't really know her I don't watch the show I don't necessarily like her either after she came into this room but um, <laughs> nonetheless I love her because you know God bless her she's a sister so but I don't I don't necessarily like her attitude she came in the room and and somebody that was on the stage invited her up because of who she was and Rob, it's me and Rob at the top, and I'm, I'm letting people ask questions and whatever, and he's just very gracious and answering all these questions and having a, and his energy's up, and he's having a blast. And she comes in there, and she goes, now I want to hear about all these numbers. Your numbers are like these numbers you have on your show, Vanilla Ice Project, uh, these, these aren't real. Like, you want to tell the people, let's get to the brass stack. Starts doing all this. Acting like he's lying about his numbers on his show, and he's, He's like, oh, I got you. If you want to see my numbers, like you, here's exactly how it works. And he started laying it out for her. And I was like, Who, who is this lady? Then my buddy texted me. And he said, That's Barbara from Shark Tank. And I said, Who Who cares? Like, why is she in here? <laughs> she came in here just to attack Rob. I said, This ain't what this room's about. Everybody was in here, you know, having a good time. And then she came in there. The energy was like, I'm coming here to challenge him. Right, and I was like, "What a what a what a dumb thing to do!" And so that's the craziest story. You want to know the craziest one? That was the craziest one, and I, I still am not happy that that she did that. But he defended himself well, and everybody it made him it made him look better than her at the end. I'll tell you that.
0: That's good. Good. Are your uh, are your girls very musical at all? They follow along the lines of daddy. The youngest, my youngest daughter,
2: is a singer. She sings wonderfully, and. I've been trying to get her to buckle down. I don't want to have to force her to buckle down and learn an instrument, but I've been trying to do a little bit of forcing and a little bit of encouraging to get her to fall in love because I didn't love instruments either growing up. Right. So it, it, I didn't learn to play the guitar until I was like 21 or something. And I, I actually, I tell people even to this day, I play guitar out of necessity, not necessarily out of love. I do love the guitar and I love to be able to play it but I can't play it nowhere near like actual people that love to play the guitar. It's a struggle for me. Right. So I'm a singer that play and a songwriter that writes songs. So I got to be able to play the guitar to be able to write songs. So that's why I play. And I think she kind of got that from me just naturally. And honestly, that it's a struggle for her to sit down on the instrument and learn how to play it. So anyway, but yeah, she is, she's more, the youngest one is in the music
0: and the oldest one, is an artist and a, and a, and a, writer. That's awesome. Any, uh, how does you and your family hold up during this whole pandemic? And in particular, were many shows canceled for you? Well, my, I had one show, like one in-person show
2: that canceled, but my people that were following my career know that I was doing, I've been doing live stream type of shows on Facebook for years. That's how, my audience kind of grew anyway. So it was really just seamless for me, my, my whole audience and all my uh, money and all the things that I did was online anyway. So I didn't lose much. I did lose a couple, there was like two shows that the people canceled and these were private shows that were canceled. Cause that's what I mainly do. I mainly do private shows, but speaking of shows, I'm trying to book more public shows and, Nick is a is a promoter and he's never even called me you're
0: reading my friggin' mind right now Marty I know I'm kind of thinking I've so my, my wheels my are goes, spinning Elvis Monroe man. Elvis One, Monroe I need your
1: phone number so we can call you yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be good Elvis Monroe Marty Ray Steve Trevino a comedy country Marty Ray I, I how would we classify your genre because you're so all over the spectrum when it comes to it it's just Marty Ray he is, music. He's its own entity. Music, yes. But yeah, he said this is the guy's in music. I think that show, Nick, would be
1: well, yeah, and I know we can get you down in Vegas too. So our, our manager, Ben Carey, he was in Lifehouse for 12 years. Wow. He most of the stuff down in Vegas. So he's also in the band Elvis Monroe. Um
2: I don't know that band, but I definitely know Lifehouse. That's yeah, a- yeah.
1: So Ben was the guitar player for 12 years. Um up until the album Oh gosh, the I can't remember. It was kind of a concept album, kind of a country. Uh, one of it came out like four or five years ago. They did a country
2: album, Life it album? was kind
1: of a country album, kind of a rockabilly country album, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, was it was
2: playing though. He played on uh, Cause you're all yeah. played on that one, yeah, yeah. He played that on that song one. is massive, man. That's a beautiful, yeah.
1: Song. yeah he's yeah. one of my really good friends and he manages bad cast so.
2: Really? Yeah, yeah. We need to we need to get together and because I need some shows. I'll be, I'll be yeah. honest with you, for real. Yeah, as soon
1: as they start opening Oregon up a little bit more, I'm going to start booking shows again. So,
2: well, let's get it. We're actually coming to Oregon to do a. We're doing a video that has nothing to do with music, but maybe we can make it have to do with music in the end. What we're doing is uh my buddies and I. We miss Blockbuster, right? So, yeah, we're, you guys we're going to Ben? We're going to Bend. We're, okay. we're going to an RV, and we're going to film and document the entire trip across from Nashville to Bend, Oregon, and we're going to rent a movie, maybe, I don't know, maybe three movies. I don't know. We're going to rent movies from the last known blockbuster and then watch them in the RV and reminisce and then head back home. But maybe we end it with a, with a show or something. That'd be cool. Yeah, so my other
1: buddy is one of the biggest concert promoters in Oregon. He lives in Bend. So wow. we'll hit him up and we can probably make something happen out there.
2: He, you know, like I said, God bring me before great men. Like, <laughs> like y'all. That's all it is. So when are you doing this? Whenever y'all are ready to do a show, I guess now. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, Oregon's pretty, we're close to being, and they, yeah, just, we're getting close. they just lifted the whole mask mandate. So it's just a matter of everyone else falling in line. Um, yeah. If you've been vaccinated, etc., etc. Et
2: We've been open for a long time like down here like it's yeah,
0: not well it's a different world where you live friend when it comes to Oregon and Portland <laughs> and most people think of Oregon they think Portland but that's just a tiny little speck of the state most of the state does not agree with the politics that are Portland we won't go that direction here but it's very very uh it's very very Oh, I don't, I don't even want to say the word "democratic," but uh, it's it's <laughs> democratic-led governor, and she is just using everything she can and every ounce of her power to, you know, stop everyone from working and opening up their businesses, and et cetera, et cetera. But we are so far on the other end now that it's really, really close to being what we consider normal once again. So shows, concerts, outdoor sporting events, et cetera, et cetera, are all going to be. I, I say by beginning of summer we're we're gonna be back to normal. So we could definitely work something out, man.
2: But y'all so just so I have this clear, y'all are still shut down. You can't go to restaurants or some, things like that. Just open that up. Some so some counties twenty percent
0: that, capacity. Wow! Yeah, and some counties, be they are extreme risk. Their, their Their restaurants are shut down. They're only open for takeout, and you can't know sitting down. They just reopened where we are, which is Southern Oregon, just above the California Oregon border, um, last week for uh, going to the movies, going bowling, you know, doing whatever. I mean, they had us wanting to wear masks outdoors by yourself. What? Madness! Yeah. <laughs>
2: and I'll tell you what, that was a I'm, I was glad and thankful because even in memphis during all that the height of all that it was very wear a mask out even outside walking outside and all that stuff and and i was just thankful that i lived where i live i live outside of nashville and uh i was just thankful that because i had just moved not even a year before that hit i had just moved and uh it was very like even here there were still restaurants during that moment, we were still going in restaurants and eating. So it was, uh, it was it never was a huge problem in my little city where I live. So we were, we were still good here and, and nothing, never had a outbreak of COVID or nothing like that. So and my wife's a nurse, so she was at the hospitals. They were talking about, they were talking about the hospitals are overrun around Nashville and hers wasn't. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying that it, that others weren't. I'm just saying that when they
0: were saying that about these, these yeah. weren't. But she was there. Exactly, so. man. That's nuts. So Nick, yeah. you, you got your work cut out for you, man. We got to get Marty Ray to it's Oregon. Fun. I just we texted get, my buddy. Oh, you just, <laughs> well, you just texted, I texted me you too, but I, I just texted my buddy, Johnny out in Ben
1: to see what it's, what's going on out there. And if we can get something going
0: <laughs> there, you have yeah, it, man. It I'm should ready. be good. Cool. Well, I, see so what I tell you about going off the rails. I think this was about fifteen percent our kids in fatherhood and eighty-five <laughs> percent music, which I have no problem with. By the so way, we can I actually put you on the spot real quick. Oh, guitar Uh-oh. anywhere? <laughs> I, I, what do you want
2: to hear? Would you surprise us? I don't have. Uh, I don't surprise. have a guitar. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I don't have my guitar. I always play, but. I don't even know how it's going to sound through here, but, and I, like I said earlier, I don't know if you heard this or not, Nick, but I don't like playing the guitar. I always I did not know that. Yeah. I said, I play it out of necessity, not out of yeah. love. Uh, yeah. But I have to play it at, at acoustic shows all the time. We can go cappella, mm-hmm. man. We're good. <laughs> but I always have my, I always have my buddy with me playing acoustic guitar. I'll play an original. Yes. That's what I hope. I don't
0: heard.
2: know if it's going to sound good or not through there, but we'll see. We take these off. I can't hear the guitar. I'll hopefully. y'all hear that? Mm-hmm.
3: I saw a man rob a bank when I was 10. Oh, no, I didn't see the wrong kind of wish that I was in my crew up. So I was living in my head figured the life that I was living, I'd be better off there. Oh, I watched the winner take everything my daddy had. I took his life away for a needle and some break. Got tired of losing and getting beat about the man started seeing life different living by my own plan now i'm loose from the news now i'm free i've been set free because ain't nobody gonna take from an outlaw put my picture up on every courthouse while I'm living in the clouds and yeah, walking so Ain't nobody gonna stop me, I'm a long. Oh, I pray that God understands when I get home Didn't do it for myself, but the people that they owe They took the poor and broken hearted by the hand Said they'd lead them to a place and they called it promised land Oh, After bleeding a single drop of red I looked them in the eye Seen the devil in the head And they was trembling I drew the steel out from my band They knew that I was judging jury And the life was in my hands Loose From the news Now they're free They've been set free Cause ain't nobody gonna take from now. Law, Put my picture up on every courthouse While I'm living in the clouds and I'm walking tall Ain't nobody gonna stop me, I'm an outlaw Well, save me, save me from my own pride And change me, change me Oh, my final ride Oh, walk me, walk me to the riverside And lead me, lead me While my mother cried Cause somebody done took from an outlaw Take my picture down from the courthouse wall I'm living in the clouds and I ain't gonna fall Somebody done saved this outlaw
0: Mm. That was so good I can't hear you that was so good did that come through? it came yeah. through just fine Marty Ray man that, that was so it good was it, it, if I I have one thing to say and that is to those people who told you to not live out your dream when you were a child, because we have missed out on so many years of your music because of that. And I'm just glad you finally followed that dream and listen to it and do what you do because that was amazing, man. Thank you.
2: Well, I'll tell you actually, before, before you go, that was actually, I ain't mad about any of that because that was all for a purpose. And it, it kept me from making a decision that I shouldn't make at a young age, you know, because had they been encouraging and said, go after it, I would have went after it at 18. And I was a horrible person at 18 years old. So who knows what would have happened to me? It was better that I was already becoming a dad when I went after music, because my decisions were way different. Like I wasn't going to go and tour. I wasn't going to sign my life away to a record label that I wasn't, didn't love music enough to give up my children or my family. So it was either, I do it my way and God honors it or I don't do it at all. So that, that wouldn't have made that decision at a young, at a young age. So there's
0: no, there's no bad feelings here. It was all meant to be. Absolutely. And isn't it crazy? The perspective children gives us. Oh man. great perspective. <laughs> and with that being <laughs> said, Marty Ray, I want to thank you. Stay on with us before, after I, I, I let us go for the record. So Nick and we could talk, I just want to thank you. So very much for taking the time out of your day performing for us on Dadcast. Um, it's been a pleasure, it's been a treat. Uh definitely a highlight of uh this guy's life and I appreciate it, man. Oh, and I, I don't want to bring it as a downer, but I did tell you that I would tell the story, sorry, Nick, um of my lady <laughs> and, and Marty Ray, how, and how the connection you two have and you didn't realize you had she was uh, recently diagnosed with a very very aggressive breast cancer mm. and she had gosh january now um a full double mastectomy complete removal and it was obviously you know it goes without saying that's it's pretty rough on a woman and yeah. she was very very down you know prior during and after the surgery And I can't tell you how many times I, you know, check in on her and see what's going on. She's lying down and she's got your YouTube channel pulled up and it's just on shuffle and repeat. And like she said, when, you know, before we went on the air here, how much your music and you got her through this period of time in her life. And, you know, as her man and the mother of my children, and just thank you as well, man, because that is just amazing. And it, and it really helped her. And I have no doubt in my mind that because of that positive energy, um, helped her through it. And I'm proud to report that here we are in May of 2021 and, uh, the cancer is gone.
2: Yes. So thank you, Lord, man. Hey, that right there, you, you can keep all the money and any fame. And that right there, I tell people, look, if, if all I've done is allow the Holy spirit to move through me, to lift people up in those times. And that is uh, that's, that's worth that was worth it all right there every time. So let her know that I love her. And I mean that I don't, I'm not just saying, that. I mean, I love her and, and I sing for her. That's the real reason. That's the truth. And that means the world to hear
0: every time for sure. Absolutely, man. And we love you too. We'll definitely let her know who. And on that emotional end, again, marty ray on behalf of myself nick thank you so much for coming on yeah, dadcast man. um i hope to do it with you again and meet sometime in the very near future and maybe put on a show together man it'd be good stuff everyone else out there nick you got anything i got nothing man thank <laughs> you see you next week all right there it is that's right we'll see all of you next week thanks for watching man